This week on Asbury Pod, our guest is Jan Sparrow, owner of Words Bookstore. Jan won't tell us the name of her favorite book, but we do find out how her experience as a woman working in corporate finance gave her the tools for a new career as a diversity consultant for those same finance corporations. Welcome, Jan. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the deputy mayor of the city of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. everybody. It's November 10th. Welcome to Asbury Pod. We are taping in a new spot today because we're having Friendsgiving in an hour or 45 minutes. Um, but we are here taping with um, one of my favorite people, one of the pioneers of Asbury Park. Um, oh, who, tell everyone who you are. I'm Amy Quinn. <laughs> I'm we Walsh. don't know you. Yeah, well... <laughs> The, the first, you know, there's always yeah. new listeners who need okay. to know who we are. Um, and I will say that I got a compliment from a friend of mine to Joe that kept being like, Joe's so great on the podcast. She said it so many times, it implied that I suck on this podcast. <laughs> she was well, like, okay, okay, thanks, Joe. Well, the spinoff thanks, will be Potter. coming next week. <laughs> Shout out to Potter, who is listening to them. I just saw her But clearly thinks street. I suck and that you are far more of the talent in this podcast. Oh, yeah, which yeah, is probably true because you do all of the sound as well. Well, uh, well C And you research the topics, which I also don't know. <laughs> Wow. So, um, so who, now who are we talking to? We're talking to Jan Sparrow today. Mm. And I have known Jan for Long years. Yep. Yeah. You were yep. so supportive of my campaigns and your space was lovely. But more importantly, I think the work you've done for women and gender equality is super, super fascinating. Also being a pioneer independent local bookstore uh, in Asbury for 10 plus years. All of that. And then some. And then some. And also, we, we're going to have you talk about, at some point, um, you know, what, how, where Words is going and, and the whole cooperative idea. So um, welcome, Jan, to the show, Joe. Thank you. Welcome, Jan. Thank you, Joe. I should say that we're in Joe's house 45 minutes before Friendsgiving. And so Joe's girlfriend, Rita, is going to be going to be cooking so you're going to hear that awesome. and you're also going to hear boo the cat who is insisting on um being the star of this podcast this yeah ed, intern ed is not here so we have uh intern cat oh, yeah. uh, well, this is going to be excellent then mm-hmm. cats and food yeah so um we also have no questions for you jen we just thought we're going to go super cash so jen jen tell us why should we talk to you (laughs) you know when you asked me to do this i had the same thought in my head like why should they be talking to me so i laid awake last night thinking about all the possible questions you could ask and how i could sound reasonably intelligent well Well, the first question we generally ask is what brought you to asbury park 
Was it bankruptcy or divorce? Right? Is that what you said? Mm. Be- uh, breakup, oh. bankruptcy or breakup, which is <laughs> the majority of reasons people came to Asbury right. Park, myself included. Likewise. Uh, no, I came because I love the ocean. I liked urban decay. I liked diversity. And I think Amy's wife, Heather, often talks about Asbury as the city of misfit toys. The island of misfit toys. The island toys, of misfit, yes. misfit toys. And I liked that image, and I like it so much. My fear is the island is now becoming less misfit. In the meantime, I still love it here. Certainly not the island, not the same, but, you know, you know, changes. Change is change. Yeah, what are you going to do about That's it? That's all right. Change is change. But you had previously been in Trenton. I had been in Trenton, which was also an interesting place to live. I lived in the part of town where all the people that used to be corrupt in the city of Trenton lived, and they're nice big houses that were worth nothing when I left. But it's an interesting place. I wish it could come back like Gasberry. And did you, like, were you coming here for dinner? Were you coming for shows? And then you were like, you know, I want to stay. Oh, no, coming to drink. What, are you kidding okay. me? No. Um, I came to the beach. No, actually, that's not true. I used to go to Belmar all the time for years and would drive through Asbury and go, we should buy something here when everything was really cheap. And it took about 10 years and driving through town after going to Belmar that we finally decided, you know, let's just do it. So we did. And when you say we, who are you oh, referring to? We. It's a my business partner who I've been working with for 20 years in our consulting practice and his husband. And uh, we decided this would be where we would retire. In the meantime, I said, retire? Heck, I'm going to just move down there full time. So I came down a few years before they did, and here we are. Here we are. I think everybody kind of has that story. I know for me when I came... Um, I, I was going through a breakup and had to get out of Dodge and came down here and a real estate agent, uh, I named Marty Brad. I had an appointment with a real estate agent named Marty Bradshaw, who I, who I believe still sells real estate in Asbury. She has that, she has a place on, um, main street by uh, 7-Eleven and Max Liquors. Wow. She's great. We worked with her. Yeah. So she took me around and I was getting out of Jersey City and she took me into the Santander and I immediately was like, oh my God, I, I'm going to squeeze together the money I need to squeeze together to live in the Santander. It's, that's the, I think the allure Asbury Park has on people. There's just something about this place. I hope we maintain some of it. I do get changes, change. I moved a lot as a kid, been a lot of places in the world. And yet, it's hard not to. I think, was it Joni Mitchell? They, uh, what is it? They bulldoze paradise and put mm. in a parking lot. I feel like that's kind of what's happening here a little bit. Isn't that what it was called? Joni Mitchell song. Joe, yeah, you know yeah. everything about Joni Mitchell. Yeah, no, I was agreeing. But I, then I wandered away for a second. But I had a question. Uh, you know, So after moving here, how, how long after moving here did you open the bookstore? Not very long, actually, because Scott commuted for a couple of years. We wanted to have our office on Main, or on Cookman. And Cookman at the time, I think it's still that way without with some variation. You had to have, you couldn't have like a service, office, space. office right. space. I had a thousand books at my house in Trenton. So I said, Oh, I know let's open a bookstore, even though we had nothing, no idea about how to do that. So we'll put books up front, have an office and we'll just live happily ever after. So here we are 11 years later. And you wanted to open on main street. Yeah. And do you want to just tell our 11, 10 or 11 listeners? Oh, yeah. um, Hi everyone. 
<laughs> Where are you, Lilith? Possibly Maybe we'll get 12 after this one. Maybe. Well, I think it's the I three of us friends. listening twice. Oh, okay. I have a few friends. We can <laughs> twist their arms. Um, you want to tell the listeners what your day job is? My day job, which of which I'm trying to also transition out of. Cause Although I'm, I've been hearing you've been trying to transi- transition out of this job jam for how many years? A lot. I like five. Um, but in the meantime, I'm really trying hard this year. Um, we have a leadership management consulting practice. So we travel used to travel a lot around the world. I'm I'm really too old for this. Seriously. Sorry. <laughs> really too old. I know I don't look like I'm 73, but and I And so what kind of things? You're 73. Does, yeah. I didn't know You look either. phenomenal. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, nobody looks phenomenal at 73. So I think you look phenomenal you. at 73. Thank you. Thinking about your books. Honestly, I think you look phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, we, I don't need, do we need to add the caveat of 73? I have no, a lot of energy. I, don't think I think so. that's the difference. Like we can post pictures as proof. Oh, please no. Yeah. It's, I'm in the Tri-City this week. At, you know, it was my, I stomped my feet, but I'm still in Tri-City. With you are? You're on, the, you're on the cover of Tri-City I this week. I know. Everybody keeps saying, what happened, Jan? I'm like, hmm. Well, who knows? Because it's iffy. If it's on, you're on the cover, it could be good. Could or it be could bad. be bad. Oh, Amen. you know Heather shits herself every time I'm on the cover of Tri-City because <laughs> she never knows. I try to get Dan to. She never knows. Oh. That is that is somebody telling us to wow. no, get off the air. No, what is this? It's one of our 10 listeners. No, I was trying to time things, but trying I guess tune is done. <laughs> My friends are shocked. They're all shocked that there's actually a picture. People are like, what? Somebody came in the store today and said, what the heck is going on with you? And I said, I don't know. I can't. We, I wasn't even drinking. Well, uh, I have a question about your store. So when, okay. you, when you had this idea that you want to sell a bookstore, is it where people are like, oh, that's a great idea, or like, that's mm. nuts? No. The, you know, the support from the community was really positive. It's just you can't make a whole lot of money from books. Mm. And we kept trying. We've done different things over the years. And, you know, I'm going to say we're getting close to breaking even, except for my consulting practice pays the rent. So that's a problem. Mm. But in the meantime, you know, there's a lot of good stuff that goes on in a bookstore. You'd be surprised. Oh, no, I no, I, I, I love the store. There's lots of stuff going on all the time. And, and your consulting practice, I feel like our 11 listeners aren't getting the full gravity of your consulting practice, which is... I did change the subject, sorry. Yes, no, no, that's worries. okay. But, I mean, you're really about equality and women empowerment and that's ensuring that, um, that, that women have the ability to rise up, if at all humanly possible. Who I are mean, you consulting? I would say that our consulting practice deals primarily with... Uh, financial services firms so that's the corporate side that pays the bills for we have a heavy group of not large nonprofits that we consult with that we basically do not pro bono but we cut them a break so that Wall Streeters help help what would be the right word they subsidize they subsidize our work but the truth is that is one of our goals is to really look at the diverse world gender to try to figure out. We, I do a lot of coaching this week. I'm coaching a woman on how to ask for a raise from a male boss that doesn't want to give it to her. And it's not easy. And we'll get there someday, maybe. And if you if if people had to walk away with the number one issue you see in terms of um, women in, in the workplace, wow. that's really broad. That's really big. I would say... You can name three. Three oh, okay. things that that's you good. say. Three things. First of all, of course, having being able to talk over and interrupt people. It's really hard for women to talk over and interrupt, even though they are all the time, which we coach a lot of women on how to do that, which is really interesting. They practice interrupting and talking over, or continuing to talk when someone talks over. 
asking for money and a promotion is really tough for many women. We've been socialized to accept uh, accept what's handed us without questioning it, and having difficult conversations. I think we're some many women are not socialized to have tough conversations, and so you help them navigate those conversations or or approach those conversations all of the above okay all of the above i would like to say that it's i I wish it were getting better i've been doing this now since 1986 and exponentially mm, it's not much we have a a question from the audience oh awesome we have one of the 10 Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. So, um, Who might that be? I don't, I'm not sure Rita's an active listener. I'm not even sure we could say she's one of the 10. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just assume. Well, no, Rita has not listened to the no, podcast. No, no. Oh, no. This is the first, the first episode. 11, maybe? So, um, so, so why, why is this your focus of your work? How did you choose The gender that? thing? Mm-hmm. I, was started out, I, I was started out like a lot of women as a teacher. Oops. As a teacher. And was making no money. Became a single mother. And went, decided I had to go corporate in order to really make money. So I managed to get myself hired at Merrill Lynch in 1984, when women were few and far between, was successful. Was it as a broker or as a banker? As a broker. So, you, so not as a diversity coach? No. Okay. No. As a broker, because of course, they're always hiring individuals to be brokers. And while I was successful, I sort of hated it. And I was selected to go to advanced training. And I sat in an audience and thought as I listened to the trainer, huh, I could do that better than that person up on that stage. And there needs to be some individuals who are not men coaching, training, facilitating, looking at the world a different way. And so I walked into the person that ran training and said, you need to hire me. And they were like, really? And I said, similar to Amy, I said, yes, because I need to get out of Tucson because I'm breaking up with this guy. So I need to go to Princeton, New Jersey and work at the Merrill Lynch Training Center. And she hired me on the spot. You know, that's a, you're the second person, uh, woman I've met who said, had a similar story about, um, if not Merrill Lynch, um, one of the big companies. It could be any of them. They're all the same. Basically, she said, you need to hire me for this job yeah. and got the job because she had said that. Like She had talent to start with, but the interview process was like, no, you need to hire me for this. Like I'm already planning the, what we're going to do together. And that seems to be a winning uh, formula for, those, uh, for women in that field. That and we're breaking up with somebody and it's... You know, and, and we're trying think, to get out of we're Dodge. We're trying to get out of it, but think about that. Mm. If it goes back to what I said before, having less courage. So I know I'll move across country to break up, as opposed to why don't I just break up where I am and do what I need to do? So it's kind of fascinating that we have a yeah. I would never have come to Asbury if I wasn't going through a breakup. I was I had my job was in Jersey City. I commuted from Asbury to Jersey City, but I wanted to get out of an apartment and a situation that. Um, led me to Asbury Park. Thankfully, thankfully so. But you know, a lot of times when people talk about their love of Asbury Park, and we've we've had a number, I think Kevin and a number of people on the show who talk about coming here as a kid and all of that, and none of that applied to me. Mm. I literally showed up in like 2000 and was like, I love the Santander. How do mm. I get into that building? It's the most beautiful building I've ever seen. I agree. Yeah. 
And, there and you are, know, Joe and I both lived in the Santander right. for many years together. And, and I think, I think I say to people all the time, there are amazing people in this town. There's amazing people in this it's town. An incredible town to live in. The day I moved in, there was, uh, was that big drug bust. Oh, that's perfect. So the day that that dr- big drug bust occurred, you know, Heather and I were outside the back smoking because we didn't smoke in our units, but we still smoked then. And um, all of like the F, well, it wasn't DEA. All, it, we're just outside having a smoke and it rained police officers, DEA officers, FBI officers. And they're like, get out of the way. You're lucky and you're not like, in jail. We're well, just out here smoking. It wasn't he, smoking. It wasn't actually the first day, but it was shortly after we moved in. But I would say that guy that got arrested, he was the nicest guy. Nicest guy on the planet. We say that way. we are so the people on Channel 7 News who are who they're like, this did you know this serial killer? And we're like, nicest guy. He was so nice. He used to change Margaret's bulbs because yeah. he was really tall. He was a really tall big guy. Um, she and she, Margaret was a woman who lived in the Santander also for many years, and yeah. she could never reach her her um her bulb you know to change right. her, her light bulbs and so he she would have him come over to her house and he would religiously change her light bulbs for her he was su- super super he was nice one of the guy. first people i met i met I him in the elevator name, he was the nicest you, guy know, and then should, a few weeks so later. our 11 listeners can google him but he was a very very high up in the drug cartel yeah. that's awesome i had a friend that was a serial no i don't think it was a serial killer he used to walk me home at night in college because they were concerned there was a killer on campus it turned out to be him oh my, oh my god. god so here's the deal what's his Maybe, name <laughs> benjamin Locke. i still remember his name he went to prison and everything oh wow well, look lovely man who, who was our who was the person in the santander i don't remember his name yeah. it was a long See, time we know serial killers drug dealers I, I digress okay uh, most annoying too. customer in the bookstore Oh Lord! <laughs> Is there a type? Name me. Name me types of people who come to your bookstore and Rita's who annoys you. Rita's laughing because she thinks it's her. <laughs> no. Well, I have to be one of them because I'm like, I want to read something good. People, right. everybody wants to read something. Right. Good. Like I just, I'm gonna dump that on you. Pick me out a good book. That, that's a common. People say that all the time. It happened all. The, it happens all the time. And if you don't know them, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, you obviously know me. So you, you, and we're we've. Jen and I have been in a book club for 10 plus right. years. Long, a lot of 10 years. 10 plus years. It and is we should talk about annoying people in book clubs because we've had them over the years. But they, Sorry, they might. I digress. Yeah, the book club might, and X members and X members of the book <laughs> might club be might. All 10. Yeah, might, our, might, our might be our 10 listeners. Our non-listening audience <laughs> member is also in our book club yeah. as well. Right. I actually think, oddly, the most bored, there are two. The people that come in the store and think I want to spend all afternoon talking with them. About books or just in general? No, just about stuff, and I don't. There are those others. You know, there's a group of individuals, and it's hard to talk about because I'm struggling with the sort of, we need new people in town, of course, and we have lots of properties. But, for example, I had someone in the last 10 days, and this is not uncommon, who came in and as part of the conversation, you know, I just moved here. I can't wait to be in Asbury Park. Oh, by the way, one of my missions is to, I'm going to bring the west side and the east side together. Oh, God. And I'm like... Really, we've been waiting for you for years. Of course, so we happy because we here. haven't we haven't been trying, trying to you know all around East Side residents, West Side residents, <laughs> right. Southwest quadrant, Pick Northeast quad. quadrant. Pick a quad. We've all spent much much time really figuring out and working on ways to bridge to bridge that gap. But clearly, this person who has not yet moved in yet is going to be the key. Well, that's another thing about Asbury that attracts saviors. Yes. Yeah. You are correct. Right. Lots of them. Lots of them show up and like, I'm going to do this and fix 
you dummies didn't know what was going on to fix this stuff. I, you know, thank God I'm here. Yeah, I actually said to her, well, you aren't the thank first God person. You're yeah. Thank <laughs> God you're coming. Let us know when it's fixed. How long do you think it's going to take? What's your ETA yeah, yeah. on that fix? Can, we, Can you yeah. take a picture of me and Boo? I'm sorry to the 11 listeners because Boo is now up by my yeah, microphone. She is, and, and she wants to participate. Whoops, oh, she's going to. Oh. She'll be back. Oh, Boo, Boo, Go Boo. Go back, kitty. Yeah. yeah, it's so interesting to me how many people talk to me about how they're going to be the ones that have thought of everything, either in town or, by the way, the bookstore. Hey, have you ever thought about? Believe uh, me, we have thought that. about. So people do that with me for the I'm city as well. Sure. You know, like, Amy, have you thought about having a Trader Joe's in Asbury? <laughs> or insert whatever issue. And it's like, right. okay. Okay. Do, do you know that Trader, is, is are we just spitballing? Or does Trader Joe's actually want to come to Asbury? Yeah. Like, I never thought about you know, why don't we do something more to the bookstore? If we, I would, actually, lately I've been saying to people, if you would like to write me a check, I'm pretty sure we could do that at the bookstore. But in the meantime, probably we won't. Whereas the, you know, whereas the, the former owners of Steinbacks are like, you know, hey, hey, we tried that already, right? You know, we had a clothing store, a department store. Yeah, it's pretty um, interesting. It's a very interesting. I have to say this, though. In fact, 98% of the people that come in are wonderful. I like, our store is like a general store sometimes. There's a lot of conversation that goes on. A lot of people hang out. Sometimes people that don't know each other talk to each other about things. It becomes the politics, not politics. So that's another reason I feel strongly that towns need bookstores because they're hangout places. But they're fading fast. Jan. They are fading fast. Although last year, interestingly, there was a 1% increase in bookstores in the United States. That's oh, probably, really? It's probably like one bookstore when you think about it. They are fading fast. And Why is that? Because there's no money in books anymore. It, books are expensive. And if you think about a $30 book, we get $4 maybe from that 30 bucks. And, and is it because people are reading everything on Kindles and what's the other one? Not Kindle, but the Nook, other one. The Nook, yeah. You know, I'm going to say... That had any, did, did that have like a drastic effect on books? It has. It did for a while, but it's interesting. The millennials, surprisingly, maybe they're just sick of computers or back to reading books. The challenge is books are expensive, and I feel as though it's there needs to be a way for people either to recycle books, to get money back from books. It's just, oh, I mean, thirty bucks. I just the new Edison book, which is on the bestseller list, is thirty-eight dollars. Who's going to pay thirty-eight dollars for a book? That's the hardcover, right? It's a hardcover. Is it? Is the um disappearance of the bookstore entirely attributable to Amazon's disruption of the book market or is it a, is there a concomitant decline in reading I don't know about that decline in reading I think Amazon is a big problem and of course now they're opening bookstores which is really pissing me off and that was the plan all along destroy all the brick and mortar t- uh, stores and then replace them it doesn't yeah. surprise me but you know I'm sort of I'm not a nihilist but nihilist nihilist do you say tomato I say tomato what's well, your, I don't know the right pronunciation do you I find it's one of those. Yeah. Nihilist, nihilist. I'm not a person who wants to blow up the world. I just, they're annoying in that they have destroyed bookstores and now they're opening bookstores. And they're all also probably like the worst company to work for, right? So I, I, I know three people who have worked for Amazon and really? every one of them has come out of it extraordinarily beaten and battered. And I say this as somebody who worked for Child Protective Services, right? Wow. So so when you're coming out looking worse than me investigating abuse and neglect, That's that company stuff. must be horrendous. Are you talking about uh, Amazon corporate or Amazon delivery, meaning 
uh, I think order the, fulfillment in so the warehouse. So I think I knew two people for delivery and one for corporate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that warehouse crowd. You know, the old, old retirement retired people are now working those warehouses. Lots of They're people. apparently brutal. Those warehouses. I hear that. Yes, yeah, a lot of hours. I you know I but I'm not an expert in that. Nice. So Asbury. So we're talking about the island of misfit toys and the slow erosion that that I can promise our eleven listeners and anybody else that this council is slowly but surely trying to stop uh, the uh, erosion of what you said. Slow erosion of, of the, the misfit, island of misfit of toys. The island. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, I, and I think there's a whole affordability factor in Asbury, yeah. whether it's restaurants, whether it's oh my gosh. Um, restaurants, ha- buying houses, rents. I mean, uh, just across the board, that is is different from when it was 20 years ago. Obviously, because 20 years ago you could pick up a one bedroom for $500 a month. Oh of course, DEA, FBI, and CIA were raining down on your building right. to Ooh. arrest. Nice. A very high level. Lots of CIA drug raids in there. That's right. <laughs> That's but cool. you did. Great. Your rent was only about five or six hundred dollars. It was worth it for that. You know, in a architecturally brilliant building. Yeah, I think well, Asbury um, has joined the rest of New Jersey with you know high rents in um, high taxes, high rents, high taxes, high rents. What rent, are you, you know. seeing? What kind of differences are you seeing in Cookman over the last ten years? Types of people who come in your store are they different? Types of stores that are opening. I know that's also kind of a broad question. Yes. I wish there were more. I mean, it's hard. There, there's no space in downtown Asbury, oddly, right now. We do have that giant building, that, um, the fitness gymnasium. I forget what the heave is called. I should know that. I was next door to him and across the street. 60,000 feet empty right now. They want to sort of um, divide it up. But beyond that, there's not a whole lot of space. And there is this sort of anti, which I totally understand franchising organizations coming into Asbury. We just don't have enough retail. We have a lot of bars and restaurants and a lot of churches. And how are you seeing, so So we talk about this a lot in our business committee meeting, a, a, a vibrant and passionate group of people. Um, retail's changing. People are, how we're consuming retail, how we're experiencing retail. Um, and, and what do we do about that? Boy, that is a question for another podcast, but... <laughs> That's a big one. I don't know. You know, I mean, when you look at our downtown, Foolish Ginger, who's across the street from me, she's like a general store. She has everything under the sun. She's probably the most profitable store in downtown Asbury, next to the liquor store, I assume, because the markup's so high. I used to buy all my soap from Foolish Ginger. You did? Mm-hmm. <gasps> Which one? Like, the Cedar. The Cedar. Or any really perfumey, uh, like, stinky soap. Wow. We should totally have Foolish Ginger on the show. She's she's well she's interesting you know she's here been here a long time she's tried to open a she did open a store for a while in Manasquan I believe she would like a bigger space she can't find one that was is suitable but we don't have enough retail in downtown Asbury for people I mean in the summertime it's busy because are you saying we have too many bars maybe. We, you know, we have as many bars as, and restaurants as we do churches, which I find fascinating. Oh, that's interesting. It's very interesting. Isn't the um, retail sector sort of spreading, you know, you know, Bangs, Madison, isn't there a wider... A little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the secret is, that, you know, well, secret. Well, I, I've always wondered why the retail, eventually retail will, will spread down, you know, um, wider stretches of Main Street. Hope so. And expand the opportunity that. for people um, to have everything combined to just Cookman seems like it both prevents growth, you know, and causes everything, everyone, 
everyone to lose money because you can't afford the rents because there's only one space to it's rent. It's true. Yeah. I, we've mulled over moving. We want, thought about a bigger space, but it's scary to think about leaving Cookman because right now when people visit Asbury, they That's spend all their time on Cookman. Right. I'm sure they're sort of moving over to Bangs and Vaughn. It's just, it's hard. It's a hard decision to make and we're just not ready to make that. What was your favorite book from last year? Oh my God, I hate when people, you know what I hate when people ask me that question, I read so much, I'm like, God. We ask the tough questions. I know you do. I'm like, did I read that last year or did I read it this year? So or uh, favorite book in general. Favorite, well, my favorite book in general has been around for a thousand years, which I really, well, it's in the title now that I think about it. 100 Years of Solitude is really mm. one of my very favorite books ever. I don't know why exactly, and I'm not going to watch the Netflix series when they decide to put it out there. I, I didn't even know there was one. They are working on it, which is sad, hashtag sad. Is that, is that a book you read, read? No, never. Actually, my favorite book is Gone with the Wind, which I have read, 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 read. I've read, read that one, reread that one many times. However, uh, you know, in this day and age, it's not very PC. So, I... Favorite book, Joe? Yeah, Mine. good question. Then Mine, well, you think about it too, Amy, because we're coming to you. Okay. Mine changes. Uh, like, mm. I, you know, for, I used to, um, I used to read To Kill a Mockingbird a lot over really? and over. Wow. Did you yeah. see the play? No. Do you want I, to see the play? No. I know, um, right? But I, I did like the movie. I thought the movie was well done. And I, and I just liked the, the way it was written. Now I'm not so much um, in, I, I don't know, I got over that book. Mm-hmm. I, so, I, I, so I don't have a favorite at the moment mm-hmm. that, that I go back to. Rita, the, what, Rita disagrees. I mean. What's uh, his favorite book, Rita? Well, I do read The Lord of the Rings all the time. Lord of the Rings. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't Lord count. Lord of the <laughs> there is a dispute yeah i'm yeah. loving this over. sort of sidebar no i've been reading yeah well that's different i had read that in eighth grade and i, I had reread it almost every year so wow. i'm 51 that's impressive. now so that's but a that's, lot of reading it's a quick read for, well, a bunch of... for nerds yeah i'm gonna say i have two yeah uh one i pick for book club so mm-hmm. one year in our book club uh, and I think it was a good idea. We had members of the book club pick their favorite books. That was books. a year. That was a that year. That nobody liked. Yeah, well, Jeffrey picked the, like some book about the unconscious. We that had to was rip like it apart. 800 pages. So we each agreed to read like 10 because it was like, <laughs> it's true. nobody's reading this book, Jeffrey. It's crazy. It is true. So I have, so I, for that, and, and here's where I'll give Jan credit because I had no idea when you're picking books and maybe because it was like our favorite books or whatever, that it was like such an exposing thing, right? So uh, I picked Autobiography of a Face by Lucy Greeley. I love that I love book. that book as well. Oh my God. She was a woman a who had, um, she just was, she was an amazing writer. She has since passed and had uh, certainly a difficult life because of some mm. disfigurements. Um, incredible read so i loved that book i had read it as a teenager and thought it was or in my 20s and thought it was amazing yeah. and then when people didn't love it you were like what what what, what do you mean you don't love that book <laughs> it was an amazing book yeah, like, it is an what, amazing what the book. hell's wrong with you and the only reason i didn't pick my very favorite book which is lit by mary carr great is book. because we had read that already oh. we had actually read that in the book club I'm a fan of that book also. Oh, Lit, God. Lit. It like changed my life. It's that a great book. book. Just really amazing, amazing book. Mm-hmm. I used to read The Human Comedy by William Soroyan oh, a lot. Oh, good Lord. What is wrong with you? I grew up, my father was a <laughs> high school English teacher, so the books we had were oh, the, wow. the books he taught at school. So that was in our closet, and I would read it over and over. Wow, if I picked my favorite high school book, I think it would have been The Awakening by Kate Chopin. We can't sell that book in the store. That's a great book. Why can't you sell it? I don't oh, know. Nobody, nobody will, will it buy it. What was your favorite book that you read in high school? Oh, my God. I, 
you guys. Okay, so life change, life changing book. I'm not, I don't do that. No, I thought. That, no, I, I, think I think love that she's like. I don't like these questions. Well, and I just ask three more. In most of the cases, I think what they <laughs> ask students to read in high school are like. Red Badge of Courage. There's a good one. That's a good one. Ugh. But, you know, they have... Really? I thought it was so boring. Yeah, Are we saying too. that sarcastically? No, oh, yes, okay. I am. Yeah, I thought oh, it was a really boring book. I'm not even sure I finished it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't. No, I, I finished it. Oh, good for you. William, uh, well, <laughs> Stephen Crane, you know, shout right out to Stephen Crane. Down, right here in Asbury Park. Right here in Asbury Park. But I think they ask, they ask high school kids to read really... Um, either depressing books or books that are way over their head. Like I think like the Shakespeare, I had to read Shakespeare. Oh, in high school. oh I, I agree with like, Shakespeare. I, no I, think, idea. I think we don't read enough Shakespeare. I think, I don't know why. What's wrong with you? The great Gatsby <laughs> in high school made no sense to a 16 year old. Oh, That's I love it. I actually really love the great. Gatsby. I love that book. First of all, I, I thought there understand. was a lesbian element to it. Was there a lesbian or I did I just so, no. perceive that? I think you perceived it. You probably perceived it. Yeah, I wasn't in that. But I read it again in my twenties and I was like, oh, this is a really good book. But for a 16 year old, that was just a, you know, right over my head. I was like, I don't, care or fully understand what's going on here but you know then later as i got older i was like this is the greatest book ever written and then i had a good cover genre of books that sell the most at your bookstore oh sorry i would say that general fiction that is easy to read although i'm going to say this people think in asbury or people that come to asbury think this is a beach town everybody reads easy breezy beach reading the answer is they really don't we're quite literary in Asbury Park. Sometimes it shocks me how literary our bookstore can be in that some of the, what I would call authors that everybody assumes people would want to read, like Danielle Steele. We can't sell Danielle Steele to save our life. We can't save it. sell a James Patterson book if James Patterson was standing next to that book. Sorry, James. And although he doesn't have a right to So the reg- like the pop fiction, the pop um the pop fiction bestsellers don't sell at your Not store. Not really. In fact, the New York Times bestsellers, that list, oftentimes we may have five of them, but we certainly don't have all of them because I don't know who's buying those books on that list. And what does sell? We sell a surprising a lot of nonfiction that are around uh, sort of what I would call more social justice issues, which surprised me a little bit when we started introducing them. I would say the more literary, that's interesting, independent bookstores like to talk about literary versus pop literature, and a lot of people don't think Asbury Park is literary. We're very literary here in this town. Hmm. And we sell books at the beach in the summer, and we still sell non, I would call it not very many pop culture. We don't sell very many mysteries, which that's my guilty pleasure, mysteries, thrillers, spy adventures. We, I, I buy them so that I can read them, but that's about it. Nobody else reads them. Well, I had a stack I was going to bring to your store. Like, do I? Well, that's not generally that. read. Yeah, I read the uh, same thing. I have like always have a mystery. I love that. I have a serious and a and a, and a cotton candy book at this. Yeah, time. I'm with you. Yeah. I read one book a month, which is our book club. Book. You're allowed. It's okay, yeah, and that's it. You have a lot of other things to do. You got stuff going. You got a lot of reading to do, and I'm sure is. And we have a vibrant book club. <laughs> I almost thought you were saying we have a vibrator, and I was like, really? That's a different. Should kind we of club. all bring vibrators <laughs> to our book club? <laughs> And compare and contrast. <laughs> <laughs> that, okay. Please do. <laughs> Take um, pics. So yeah. can I tell you the most annoying member of a book club? The member who talks the most and hasn't read the book. Yeah, well, that's pretty typical. And is that a rotating is that a rotating seat or is it always the same person? Um no, Rita's always almost Rita always, always read the books. Reads yeah, books. she's like the student A plus. Oh, no, I wasn't pointing out. I wasn't pointing out Rita. I was, no, I was getting, you know, yeah, I no. think she has an opinion about that. So. Oh, Rita. Well, we all have opinions about the people who talk and don't read the book. So, uh, you, 
let's talk about the book club. Ten years. FYI, by the way, I, go, I babysit. We have other book clubs at the store, and mm. I babysit them. There's, I'm going to say, it's interesting to me that like 20% of people that go to book clubs will admit that they haven't read the book, and mm. they have an opinion about the book, which I find quite fascinating. Yeah, we we don't have anyone right now doing mm-hmm. that as no. as bad as we had we've had previously. Mm. We've previously had people do that because you've had this book club for. I mean, as Je- Jeffrey corrected me when I said I've been involved in the for a long time in it, he corrected me to say that I've not. I wasn't the first. I wasn't at the first book club or the second, but I think I, I was like within that, the first year or two. So we're at least ten years old. We, this group right now has been together a really long. We've time. We've been together a really long time. It's a good group of people, and you can tell what people like and what they don't like. You, you know it from the get. Mm-hmm. So we just did a book, which I sent. Jan a message I thought that Rita did you read White Fragility I thought that like had a truly I, I think of myself as somebody who's somewhat self-aware and mindful and uh, aware of the systematic system of racism that exists in the world and white privilege and all of that and I read White Fragility and really walked away thinking oh my god there's so much more that I need to be aware and conscious of I would say I had the same feeling. It shocked me, actually. It's like many of us, we think we're... I haven't uh, read that book, but I did finish uh, a book called Palaces for the People recently. It was talking about public expenditures um, of public space and the importance of public space, parks, libraries, and things in terms of social cohesion. And one of the um, shocking episodes in the chapter was, um, in one of the later chapters, was what had happened um, in the wake of court orders uh, to desegregate public pools and parks. Um, districts just closed them instead. Right. It's um, not shocking. So, you know, you know, there used to be public pools everywhere. And then there was none. You know, uh, and I was like, well, I had no idea. And I'm sure the author of White Fragility would probably point that out mm-hmm. as a perfect example. Color of law. <clears throat> yeah, that's right over there. Yeah. So, yeah, she was great. At, she was, Amazing. she was, it was a, the, the only thing, the critique, and I think I wasn't the only one, it was, it was a little bit repetitive. Mm-hmm. But she, she talked about language, you know, and, and I get this all the time, somebody who sends their kid to school in Asbury Park, um, and very proud too, but I get a lot of, you know, um, I get a lot of pushback from people in Esbury Park um, in a very, very coded, coded way that I thought she illustrated to me. I knew, I knew it, but I, I didn't have the words to kind of quantify what I was hearing. Um, and I, and she really, um, she really kind of put it in a way that I understood better, like what was happening. When I first sent my son to Asbury, um, people kept saying, thank you. And I didn't know how to respond to that, so I just um, didn't know. I didn't know what to do. Um, and so I later was like, "He loves it. I mean, he loves it. There, there's no reason to thank me, and that's making me wildly uncomfortable." He he loves he loves Bradley Elementary. He loves his oh, teacher. He loves surprising. his students. He loves all of it. So when people say that, you know, doesn't it make you wonder? Like, oh, so he shouldn't be there, or don't, shouldn't like being in school because he's. People not like him. Well, they're thanking you for making the choice to send him. Right? They and are. And not sending him to public school uh-huh. or to Ocean. To Ocean. To, to, deal. to send it. They're thanking. So they're thanking me, I think, for sending him to an Esbury Park public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I think, where I think it, I got a little uncomfortable is, well, thousands of moms send their Same. kids to Esbury Park public schools. So mm-hmm. I, I'm... 
So why I'm are you aware special? you're illustrating <laughs> me for a, a certain reason. Right, because and it's yeah. again, I just would end that conversation with he loves his teachers, he loves the school. We we have had a wonderful experience. And he can walk to school. He can walk to school. My mom walks over and picks him up after school a few days mm. a week. Uh, what are you watching, Jan? On, on the television? On, yes. <laughs> on the television. How about Unless that? Unless there's someplace on, else to be watching things. There are, but we won't go down that road. Um, what am I watching? That's a really good question. Oh, I know what I'm watching. I'm not sure I want to talk about this. I'm like one of those individuals that likes... I'm going to go back to something Joe and I talked about earlier. I watch all those spy adventure, NCIS, love those shows, anything about killers and hmm. people tracking down people who are behaving badly and all that kind of stuff. I, I like love that stuff. stuff. You know, I have a forensic degree. Really? Yeah. I wanted, you know, I wanted <sighs> to be, um, I wanted to be Clarice in Silence of the Lambs. Oh my God. What happened? Uh, I failed the test for the FBI, Jen. Oh, no. That's what happened. Oh, no. You failed the test? I failed the test for the you, FBI. How is that possible? Yeah, well, I it, remember, it happened, I could assure you. I, when I was in graduate school, the FBI was rec- recruiting on campus, and I stopped by their what? table. At, I was like, well, maybe I'm interested in the FBI. And they gave me a morality quiz. They gave me a questionnaire, and they said, if you answer yes to any of these questions, you can't be in the FBI. And I'd answered yes to like four, but I was like, this is crazy. I'm like, I don't know anyone who went to college who could reasonably make it through this list. Right. They're either lying or insane. Ooh. You know, so I was like, then who's in the FBI? If I couldn't, you know, I, like, I even tried to think, I was like, well, yes, but 10 years ago, like I tried to qualify some of the things and, and they were like, sorry. And I was, I was shocked. I didn't know there was a, sort of a, before they would even talk to me, they was like, hey, fill this out. If you, if you answer yes to any of these, you can't be in. And I was like, all right. No, I saw Silence of the Lambs in, I don't know, I want to say 91 or 92. It was a game-changing movie for me. I was, I never saw a woman do that kind of work before. Um, Not to mention, I I thought she, you know, I would have, as Jeffrey would say, I wouldn't have, what does he say? I wouldn't have kicked her. She could leave her shoes under my bed or whatever Jeffrey's, (laughs) Jeffrey Jeffrey has some old time comment about that that I I never get right. I literally never get right. Um, She she can leave her shoes under my bed. I don't know. We'll ask Jeffrey when he comes over for Friendsgiving because I'm getting the comment wrong. Um, But yeah, no. uh, So I spent a ton of time both reading about serial killers and then four years at John, well, two years at John Jay studying them. Wow. Were you disappointed? I was disappointed. disappointed. I was disappointed. Yeah, I'm you would have been great. You would be great as undercover. Nobody would suspect. Who, Amy? If Amy was undercover. Yeah. Yeah. Well, be awesome. Be I'm not. I, <laughs> are you sure? So Just I, some poor schlub. I have a question before because uh, we are running out of time. What? Okay. How yeah. is that possible? Yeah, we're at four fifty. So oh, we have, good lord, we're having so much fun here. So tell us what's happening at the book. What? How is the bookstore changing? So it's everyone's favorite bookstore. Uh, what is coming up in the next year? For words. Well, we're in the process, like many bookstores in the United States, everybody's struggling. And so we've done a lot of phone calls around the country to various bookstores, retail that are sort of morphing into consumer co-ops, owners. So everybody that contributes owns a share of a bookstore, which we're saying, isn't that great? You could own a bookstore. So right now we're working with lawyers and CPAs because we really want to do it right. A lot of people just go, oh, hey, we're a co-op. And we're like, mm, no, we're going to be like the real deal. What does, so, that, what does that mean? Well, 
you know, you could probably fudge things and just say one day, so now what we're going to do is we're going to have some members and you can volunteer to work. I don't know, you guys are way too young, but when I was in college and grad school, we had food co-ops and everybody brought their veggies and, you know, you babysat store and you got veggies for staying in the store for a few hours. This is really different in that there will be people can volunteer, but in the meantime, we're really looking for donors who want to participate in what the story is, what they want it to be, maybe by attending quarterly meetings, annual meetings. And we're going to have a sliding scale of membership. So depending on your level of membership, you get discounts, you get into events. We're really increasing in number of events we're having. Liza, our store manager, and the one that's really driving this process is looking for authors that are willing to come to Asbury. So we're trying to do a lot of fun new things and get people to contribute either as member members or we're also looking for some angel investors. We need some people that have some bigger bucks that are willing to... Uh, participate a lot of authors are buying bookstores right now oh that's interesting yeah because they want to have bookstores so their only solution is for them to buy bookstores and to keep them going and patch it for one in nashville and uh and patch it didn't she i feel like i know ann patch i th- was thinking i thought we might have read one of her books in book club but i wish we d- i think we did we read one of kept books a list of all the books we read but we didn't so uh, we're in the process right now. People can stop by or we're going to have some information sessions. You can email us at wordsap, to, at, wordsap at gmail.com for more info. And Pick up a Tri-City and read Pick up a Tri-City and read all about it. We had Dan Jacobson on our previous podcast. That's right, you did. So it's, it's really exciting. I think it's a different way for people. It's a different model. Um, I'm going to still be involved but not as the leader of mm. it. And I'm also going to be able to, I mean, I've been sort of floating support for this bookstore for 10 years and I need to think about it. 73 someday I need to retire, re- really retire. What's your website? Um, at, you think I could, that would roll off the tongue. Words, Asbury Park. Dot com. Dot com. Org. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Jan. <gasps> My pleasure. This was fun. Let's do it Thank again. Thank you, Joe. Thank Thanks, you, Rita. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Boo the Cat. Boo the cat. Boo the cat. Ready to go. I don't know. Uh, what's, ne- what's the next book for book club? For those of us who are not in the book club. I wasn't club, at our last book club because we had a council meeting. Oh, right. That really screwed everything up, didn't it? It was something. It's a book of poetry by the Poet Laureate of the United. What's it called? Joy Harjo, and it's something, something of the holy beings. Well, I'm going to say Jeez, right now, I immediately I like Book of Poetry. Uh, that's what everybody said. And my response was, get over it. That would be the Mick Mulvaney response. Get over it. You can read one poem and come to the book club and say you read the book. I'm trying to look this up. So, so I, I just looked at it today. For some reason, it's not in my brain because I had to give so many people one of my assistants today. So books are I'm like, whoa. We well, want to thank all of our listeners for today. All Joe's 10 of them? Looking of up, them? So I'm just... I'm trying to find the uh, title. 12 of, the of book. them? To 12. Looking for 14. So everyone awesome. tell two friends. We Looking for 14 that. listeners, everybody. Uh, T-shirts to... for the 10th listener. And then may- maybe NPR will give us buckets of money to do this. Oh, yeah. Maybe Phoebe Judge will call. I don't even know who that is. Should I know who that is? I don't know. Who are you talking about? You guys are the worst. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> so you said. Yeah. I think all all ten listeners must know Phoebe Judge. Phoebe Judge is the the, the most popular podcast. I will say, in I did have somebody say, can they um, pay 
can can we can we read about their service on the podcast? Wait, can we read about their? Like, service? could they do an advertisement on the podcast? I don't oh. know if we can collect money. I don't, I, I didn't know what to say. I was so puzzled by somebody. Maybe you need a YouTube video <laughs> because like, you, we, yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't think. I think we're not like a corporation. We'd have to set. You can't. You can't get paid. I don't. Th- I don't think either of us can be paid within the ethics of our position. That's right. Well, but, thankfully, only one person is offered to to throw us a little bit of money. But wow. I wonder if we can arrange it so someone could pay us so we could buy new stuff. What do you want Heather they to buy? They could donate it. No, I'm telling you, don't say no. Don't, no not, uh, Heather will buy whatever you need. No, I think this is working out fine. I okay. think this might, this computer might be at the end of the road, though. Okay. So, um, Hit the road, Jack. Anyway, so Phoebe Judge is the host of the most popular podcast in What's the country. What's it called? Criminal. Criminal? Yes. Um, really? Yeah. And she has a very distinctive voice. I'm going to track her down. I'm Phoebe Judge. That's hmm. so weird. That's I'm, I'm like him. I'm going to add her. You know, I, I have like... Maybe I listen to podcasts a couple times a week when I'm walking at lunch, but I, I will put hers on my, my list. They're short. They're, she's an, uh, an excellent interviewer. Yeah. Anything over 45 minutes on a podcast she's, for me, I don't have time. She's not. She keeps it uh, short, sweet, and super interesting, and there are not too many of them. Okay. So. I'm checking her out. All right, everybody. We're going to Friends, Likewise. Friendsgiving. Yeah, we're going to have dinner. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Anytime. Bye. Asray Pod gratefully acknowledges the support of words. Asway Park's only independent bookstore, offering new and gently used books for all readers, Words also hosts a range of literary and social events for adults and children. Located on 623 Cookman Avenue, Words is open every day save Tuesday from noon to 5. Stop by and say hello.